The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to Filato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host, Nick Filato. Let's dive right into this game. We have a really interesting slate here in week 11, some very, very fun games that should produce a lot of fantasy points. But you know the NFL, it's unpredictable. We're coming off of a shutout from the New England Patriots. And if you were going up against that New England Patriots defense, I apologize because that was a terrible, terrible end of the game. Josh Rosen doesn't only throw a pick, but he throws a pick six after a shutout. And then... Felipe Franks throws another interception just to put the cherry on top. Luckily, I wasn't going up against uh, any Patriots defense there. I did have them in one league, but I do want to apologize to you. But let's try to dig you out of this hole and find some booms that can assist you in overcoming that deficit. Let's dive right into the Miami Dolphins traveling to the uh, hapless, I guess you could say, New York Jets for an interdivision AFC East battle with an over-under of 44.5 points. The Dolphins are favored by 3.5 on the road. They're coming off of the Thursday night victory over the Baltimore Ravens. That was an excellent game plan. They blitzed Lamar Jackson, I think, over 30 times with cover zero, which means they're sending the house. And every eligible receiver has a covering defender, but there is nobody else. There's no rat in the hole. There is no deep safety. So it's a very aggressive game plan that Greg Williams used to like to employ and used to get burned by. But Greg Roman, Lamar Jackson, they didn't adjust. So I'm interested to see what Miami does here. The New York Jets, secretly, have been spoilers at home. They have spoiled the Tennessee Titans. They have spoiled the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Can they do it to their interdivision rival? They are at a low, low point. Joe Flacco is starting in this game. I don't want to really start any New York Jets. I'm not even sure if... Michael Carter is going to get the checkdowns that were so reliable when Mike White was the quarterback. He was such a PPR machine, Michael Carter, but is Joe Flacco going to do that? When Joe Flacco started for the Jets last season, he didn't really do that all that much. Now, I can see him coming out and targeting Corey Davis a lot and it actually being beneficial towards a player like Corey Davis, maybe even an Elijah Moore or Jamison Crowder, but I don't know if I want to rely on it. And the Miami Dolphins have been playing pretty good defense right now, so why would I want to put my chips in the basket of the New York football Jets? If I had to start anybody, I guess it would be Corey Davis, but I'm really just going to try to avoid it. And as for the Miami Dolphins, I like a lot of pieces here. Obviously, the Miami defense, that's a top defense right now. The way they're playing, going up against the Jets, that's awesome. Tua, I really like as well. I have him in my top 12 at quarterback, which isn't something I typically do too often with a quarterback like Tua Tagovailoa, but I think he's... It depends. If Kyler Murray plays, I'm probably going to rank Kyler higher than him. But without Kyler Murray there, I would put Tua as a quarterback one. I just think it's a good matchup, and he's been slinging the football. My only concern would be how ready is he with the finger injury that he was dealing with. He came in relief of Jacoby Brissett at around halftime on Thursday Night Football, and he played really well in that game. Or I should say he played solid in that game. He had 10 days to prepare for this matchup. So I'm comfortable enough putting him out there. And I think he's a solid streaming option. No doubt about it. And as for the running backs, Miles Gaskin, I mean, it's it's just a roller coaster with him. He's up, he's down, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. He had a down week last week, five and a half full point PPR points. So hopefully he goes up. Not great fantasy analysis there. I totally get it. But I do believe the Jets being just absolutely abysmal against the run should help someone like Miles Gaskin. And you know he's going to be heavily involved as a 
pass catching back out of the backfield with no Malcolm Brown there. The Jets surrender 39.14 fantasy points against the running back position. Miles Gaskin is the main running back there. Salvin Ahmed is going to get in, but Gaskin, I feel comfortable enough starting him despite the fact that he's just been wildly inconsistent. I have him at running back 16 this week. Moving on to some of these other position groups here for the wide receivers. I love Jalen Waddle this week. If you have Jalen Waddle, start him. I have him as a wide receiver too. I believe he's around 21 for me, wide receiver 21. Love him this week. It's going to break for him eventually. It definitely is. I mean, he's a big play guy. He really hasn't made a lot of big plays so far since coming over to the Miami Dolphins, and he's just hyper-targeted when Tua starts, when Brissett starts. He, he's used a lot near the line of scrimmage, which doesn't make all that much sense. But if you want to get this guy going, get him going against the New York Jets. So I love Jalen Waddle this week, and I like Mike Kosicki this week. He's coming off of a gooser, which was incredibly disappointing, but we know the offense really likes to run through Gasicki. You know he's a mismatch nightmare. He's a tight end, but he's really just a wide receiver. Lines up in the slot a ton, and the dude's just a freak athlete who's gigantic, so you love Mike Kosicki as well. Moving on to Houston and the Tennessee Titans, another game that doesn't look all that sexy in terms of competitive football. Now, Miami was only favored by three and a half points, so maybe I shouldn't term it as another game, but this game has an over-under of 44 and a half. The Titans at home are favored by 10 against this Houston Texans team that is coming off of a bye week, but it just doesn't have a lot going on. You have Tyrod Taylor, who didn't look good when he came back off of IR, but now he had a week to prepare. Maybe he's going to be ready. I think this Tennessee defense is real, so I'm not expecting all that much from the Houston Texans. I did rank Brandon Cooks. I, I don't love him this week, but I do have him as a low-end wide receiver too, purely because of volume and because Tyrod Taylor hopefully can just hyper-target him. We've seen them have a connection in the past, but overall, I, I don't really want to start a lot of players from the Houston Texans. I love Ryan Tannehill. Definitely starting him, and there's not going to be any Jeremy McNichols in this game, which is huge because that's going to give a lot more carries to Deonta Foreman. Revenge game narrative. Foreman, if nobody knows, he was drafted out of Texas. There was a lot of hype around him by the Houston Texans. He tore his Achilles, and now he's kind of just been bouncing around. He's still relatively young, but coming off of an Achilles injury is devastating. Now that Derrick Henry is out, he saw five carries in week nine, and he saw 11 last week, and he looked much better than Adrian Peterson, and he looked better than Jeremy McNichols, to be honest, and I think Foreman is going to be the back to own, and I'm comfortable starting him as a flex type of play. If you're desperate, you know, running backs are hard to come by. You picked him up off of free agency. I plug him in here. You know, he's at home. It's a 10-point favorite against a team that isn't necessarily all that great against the running back position. The Houston Texans rank in the bottom eight, surrendering about 24.9 fantasy points a game to the position. So I'm comfortable with that. Adrian Peterson, I'm not comfortable with. But to be honest, I can see him getting a touchdown, but you need the Titans to get down to the one-yard line and punch it in, something they're very good at doing. So if you're desperate, you could start him. Just know what you're getting involved in. He has not looked all that great. He did fall into the end zone against the Rams. He was going up against two really good defenses in the Rams and the Saints. Now he's not, so there's that going for him. I'm not excited to start him. It's kind of just click, submit, and close your eyes. Hopefully he falls into the end zone once or twice. And if it's twice, you're going to be very, very happy. A.J. Brown, top five guy this week. Absolutely love him. Marcus Johnson, I don't have him ranked, but he's one of those guys in three wide receiver, 12-team PPR leagues that I would, you know, kind of bite my lip and say, okay, let's try this and plug him in. And hopefully, because you know Houston is going to roll a lot of coverage towards A.J. Brown, it's going to open up more opportunities to Marcus Johnson, just like they did against New Orleans when Marcus Lattimore was shutting down A.J. Brown. It was all Marcus Johnson. I, again, I think this is going to be a huge A.J. Brown game. I can see Marcus Johnson, you know, catching, you know, five passes for 50, 60 yards, maybe getting into the end zone. So that's that's something that I wouldn't say is probable, but it's something that could happen. So in those deeper leagues, I would definitely start him, although I do not have him ranked in my top 35. And as for these tight ends, I'm not going to plug in, you know, Jordan Akins or Michael Pruitt, even though Jeff Swaim is, is out, Anthony Ferks or any of those guys, just because you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Houston has just been horrendous against tight ends. They rank 31st in terms of fantasy points allowed to the tight end position, but I still don't think I have it in me to plug in the Michael Pruitts or the Anthony Ferksers of the world, despite the fact that they could score a touchdown, unless you're in a tight end premium league. All right, Indianapolis-Buffalo. This could be a sneaky good game, to be honest. The Colts are a pretty solid football team. The over-under is 49.5, and, and the Bills are favored by 7 in Buffalo. So you look at this, obviously you're going to start Josh Allen. You're really never going to bench Josh Allen. Carson Wentz, I don't really want to play. The Buffalo Bills, that defense is so damn legit. They really are. The Bills rank first in terms of allowing fantasy points to the quarterback position. They allow about 10 fantasy points. So I don't 
want to start Carson Wentz. And I really don't want to start many Indianapolis Colts other than Jonathan Taylor, who's a plug and play no matter what, doesn't matter how good the defense is, you're going to start Jonathan Taylor. I don't want to mess with Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and Matt Breida either, because I don't know who it's going to be. If I had to choose one, it's going to be Zach Moss, because he's traditionally been the goal line back out of the three. Matt Breida is hyper-efficient last week, six touches, scores two touchdowns, what the heck's going on there? And Singletary, he does a lot of work from the 20 to the 20. So I don't really want to entertain this unless I really have to in deeper leagues. As for these wide receivers, I think if you have Michael Pittman Jr., you're probably going to start him. We've seen him come through in good matchups, but I'm going to be honest with you. I had Pittman Jr. on about six of my fantasy teams because he was one of my prime targets because you always want to target these types of guys, man. Highly drafted, you know, he's a second round pick, big body, hyper athletic coming out of USC on teams that don't really have a lot of other receiving options. Those guys are primed to break out. The fact that he fell as far as he did, I felt like was very surprising, but I don't really want to start him this week. I'm I'm probably going to in a couple leagues just because there's some bye weeks. It's a little bit desperate, you know, but it's not something I'm overly excited about. And I think you have to temper your expectations, but I've said that before about Michael Pittman Jr. And he's proven me wrong. So he has that going for him. Steph Diggs, plug him in. I would start Emmanuel Sanders. It has been pretty. I get it. You know, Jacksonville, he had eight targets, caught four for 65 two weeks ago. Last week, he only had two targets, caught a bolt for 27 yards, and he also had a nice 24-yard rush. So they're getting the football in his hands in a variety of ways. Cole Beasley isn't exactly right, but he's going to play in this game. I, I think you can start both of them. I have Emmanuel Sanders, I think, as a a, a high-end wide receiver three. Cole Beasley is definitely more of a flex option, and I'm not going to start any of the other receivers. So it's really just Diggs and Pittman Jr., but as I already kind of said about Pittman Jr., uh, temper the expectations. And I, I, I could throw Sanders in there as well just because... I think Josh Allen is going to get him going a little bit. And we saw Josh Allen just carve up this Matt Eberflus defense last year, this zone-heavy defense that the Colts run. So should be entertaining from a, from a Bills passing perspective. Dawson Knox, you know, if you have him, you could start him. But he got one target last week coming off of that hand injury. But the tight end position is so gross that you may not have better options. If, if you have, you know, Dalton Schultz, if you have... Pat Fryermuth, if you have Rob Gronkowski or Dan Arnold, yes, I would roll with those guys over Dawson Knox, but I'm probably not going to plug a, you know, Evan Ingram over a Dawson Knox. I'm probably just going to roll with Knox on that one. Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles here. You know, Jalen Hurts, you got to plug him in because he's Jalen Hurts and he's just breaking fantasy football and he's actually looking pretty good as a quarterback right now. Not something I could say earlier in the year. It's an over-under of 43, so it's not overly sexy. It's going to be a lot of running the football. The Eagles' identity has been revolved around running the football ever since everybody was criticizing the crap out of Nick Sirianni for not running the football. Then Miles Sanders gets hurt and they start running the football with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard and they're having good success, but the Saints can stop the run. They're one of the best run defenses in the league. We saw last year Jalen Hurts dominate the Saints team in Philadelphia, so let's see if he could do it again. The Eagles are favored by two in this game. It looks like Trevor Simeon is going to be the one starting. Taysom Hill is actually questionable in this game because of a foot injury. They still like to use him on a variety of plays, passing, and use him as a tight end, H-back sniffer, that kind of role. And Trevor Simeon has looked better than I expected. It hasn't resulted into the fantasy points quite yet, but when you watch the games, there are a lot of drop passes here. Last week, it was good. He had under 20 fantasy points, but it was 19 fantasy points, and I feel like that's a pretty good game. Threw two touchdowns in both of the last two games, but I felt like it could have been even more if... Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris and Marquez Callaway and all these guys just kept stop dropping passes. But with that said, I don't really want to start Trevor Simeon all that much. Jalen Hurts, though, time me up. Alvin Kamara, I don't know if he's going to play in this game, man. You know, he wasn't at practice on Friday after getting a limited session in on Wednesday. It's this knee injury he's dealing with, and I don't think he's going to be there, which opens up a huge opportunity again for Mark Ingram, who had... 18 touches last week. He had 14 carries, four catches, had seven targets, 61 yards, receiving 47 yards on the ground, fell into the end zone. He's he's doing a lot for the Saints, and he's been relatively, seems like, fresh, even though he was worked a lot while he was with the Houston Texans. He doesn't look... Like, he's never been a fastback, don't get me wrong. He's never been somebody who's known for his athletic ability. But when you watch the film, he doesn't really look like someone who's just dead to rights, like some of these other running backs out there who are a little bit older. I'm not overly excited about starting him, but if I have him, I'm probably going to plug him in. And I'm probably going to start him because he's going to get a big workload here in a game that is going to be focused on running the football. So I, right now, have Mark Ingram ranked as a running back two at 21, just behind Josh Jacobs, behind Daryl Williams, especially if CEH is out, behind Jeff Wilson Jr. if Elijah Mitchell does not play, and he's doubtful, so I kind of like Jeff Wilson Jr., but 
as I've always said, I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast. I definitely said it tons of times in real life. I don't like starting Kyle Shanahan running backs all that much unless it's their primary guy because Kyle Shanahan literally just plays magic tricks Some, somewhat similar to Bill Belichick, but not quite. I think now it's a little bit more uh, consistent. It's Elijah Mitchell, but without Elijah Mitchell, will it be Jeff Wilson Jr.? There's no Jermichael Hasty. Is Trey Sermon going to earn a role? Like, is somebody that we never heard of going to step up? I think I'm going to take my chances with Jeff Wilson Jr. because there's been a great rapport between Shanahan and Wilson Jr. dating back several seasons, and we've seen Jeff Wilson Jr. absolutely just destroying fantasy football in the past, and that has not been, that wasn't that long ago. So just to focus back on New Orleans and Philadelphia, though, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Look, Miles Sanders is on the IR. It's not confirmed that he's coming off to play. Nick Sirianni said Friday that the Eagles will need to see how the next two days go before making that decision. If he's there, I don't know if I'm comfortable enough playing him now, but if he's on your free agent wire, I'm picking him up and I'm plugging him in. I I think the Saints, Nick Sirianni, comes from the Colts. They loved using two-back systems. They used a ton of Naheem Hines. They used three-back system last year at times with Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins. I think that's not going to go away. I think you're going to see Jordan Howard. He's proved himself, even though he's a little old, but he doesn't look terrible either. You've seen Boston Scott. You've seen Kenneth Gamewell. But I think if Miles Sanders does come back, he has the highest potential, and he could be that prime guy. So I'm going to pick him up, and I'm going to put him on my roster right now if he's on the free agent wire. I don't feel overly comfortable starting Boston Scott and Jordan Howard in this game. If I had to start one, it might be Jordan Howard because hopefully he'd fall into the end zone. But he has no work as a receiver. So this is only in standard leagues, which I don't really play. I don't play any standard leagues, to be honest. So this, I'm not overly enthused by the rushing attack with no Miles Sanders in this game. against a really, really good run defense, despite the fact that the Eagles are going to attempt to run the football. I'm also, not very enthused about Devonta Smith. If I have him, I'm probably starting him. I have him as a low or a high-end wide receiver three, but he doesn't get that much volume, and he's going to get the Marcus Lattimore treatment, which is going to force Jalen Hurts to target Dallas Goddard, who I really like in this game. Start Dallas Goddard if you have him. I know he missed a lot of practice, but he's out of concussion protocol, and he'll be there. But I think Hurts is going to have to find either Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager to step up in this game. And Rager, I think he's like allergic to stepping up, which is unfortunate for the Eagles because that was a first-round pick that just really has done absolutely nothing for for this Philadelphia Eagles team. I mean, they drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Think about that for a second, how crazy that thought is. But that's real, and that's insane. So maybe Quez Watkins comes up with a big play, but I'm, you're not rolling the dice there. You're not. You start Jalen Hurts because you know he's going to get it done with his legs. His baseline is so high. His floor is so high. And he's also, I think, done a better job throwing the football in recent weeks. But I just don't know exactly who it's going to be if Smith gets shut down by Lattimore. Lattimore shuts down a lot of guys, but it's not overly consistent. He's not a true lockdown number one. We've seen him get beat before in the past, i.e., primetime football against DK Metcalf that was a that was one heck of a play by Metcalf and as for these tight ends I mean like I said Goddard you know he's questionable but he's out of the protocol he should be starting in this game so that's definitely somebody I love to play and then Adam Troutman Philadelphia is terrible against tight ends look I don't want to start Adam Troutman he had so much hype coming into this season but last two games he had seven targets against Atlanta had six targets against Tennessee. He caught nine of those collective targets right there. He's getting used a little bit more as a receiver. And I know he's talented going back from his days at Dayton. So it's if you're desperate tight end premium leagues, look at Adam Troutman. All right, that's desperation now. And as for these defenses, I mean, I think you can probably find better defenses out there. The Philadelphia Eagles, I think I'm a little bit more enthused by. There's no Alvin Kamara, Trevor Simeon. As, although he's looked better than I expected after I saw the film. I still think he's prone to mistakes. You know, he's doing a good job within the system that Sean Payton's asking him to run. But if I had to pick one of these defenses, I think I would go the Eagles, despite the fact that I feel like the Saints are a better defense than the Eagles overall. Moving on to Washington and Carolina. DraftKings Sportsbook has it at an over-under of 43, with the Panthers favored by three at home. There's a lot of revenge games going on here. There's a revenge game for Ron Rivera. There's a revenge game for Taylor Heineke. Somewhat of a revenge game for Cam Newton, I guess, just because it's Cam Newton coming back and actually getting his first start with Carolina. He was never a part of Washington, but I'm sure he wants to beat his old head coach, Ron Rivera. So I think it's just a very interesting storyline. You have Cam Newton coming back. And last time we saw Cam Newton, fantasy football-wise, it wasn't great with the New England Patriots. He seemed shot. He couldn't throw the football. But you know how dangerous this guy is near the goal line. You know he's still going to run. You know he still has that baseline. And you know he did have a serious shoulder issue that he had to have surgery on. So 
How serious was that? And can he prove to us that he could still be fantasy viable? I'm willing to take the risk on it. I don't necessarily want to start him in this matchup, but I'm willing to plug him on my bench to see exactly what happens. And it's not because Washington is a good matchup, because Washington has not been good at all. Washington is one of the worst defenses in the league in terms of defending the quarterback position. So if you want to take the risk of it, I totally get that. And I'm not doing it in any of my leagues, but it's not because I'm not willing to either, if that makes sense. I'd rather start Cam Newton over Taylor Heineke, for instance, because Carolina's defense is a lot better. I just, on my personal fantasy teams, I have quarterbacks that are a little, I don't have the dilemma of having to start someone like Cam Newton, but I have him on my bench in one. And then obviously Christian McCaffrey, plug it in. Definitely, obviously. Antonio Gibson, not so fast. Antonio Gibson had a good game last week. I have Antonio Gibson right now as a running back two. I have him at 17. And you see it, and you're like, oh, definitely plug them in, you know? But Carolina's defense has been sneaky good. They're not a fraudulent defense at all. They rank fourth in terms of allowing fantasy points to the running back position. And this could be a game script if Carolina can put up points, which is a possibility. This could be a J.D. McKissick game script. Could be. I'm not 100% certain of that, but it could be. The fact that Washington doesn't have Chase Young anymore definitely hurts this the defense overall, their ability to rush the passer. I think you have to factor all of these things in when considering Antonio Gibson. Ultimately, I have him as a running back too, so you're going to more than likely play him, but he's giving you just gross points. And before that Tampa Bay game, three games in a row of just really nothing, to be honest. And I know he's dinged up, he has a shin issue, but it's not something that he's been a disappointment, essentially, is what I'm trying to say this season. He has been. And I'm starting him in a league, and that's 100% fine, I think, but there are other leagues where if I had him on my team, I would consider sitting him just because I don't love this matchup against Carolina. As for the wide receivers, Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore are similar to me. They're uber-talented receivers that I don't know exactly how to feel about here. I have them as wide receiver twos, both of them. I have DJ Moore at 16. I think it's a much better matchup against Washington. I have Terry McLaurin at 19. Don't love the matchup against Stephon Gilmore and CJ Henderson and and the secondary that the Carolina Panthers possess at the moment. But with that said, I'm probably going to play them both unless I have excellent options in a 10-team, two-wide receiver league or something like that. And I'm probably not going to play any of these other receivers. Robbie Anderson, yeah, I get it. He caught a touchdown from Cam Newton. That's all well and good. That's awesome. But I'm probably not going to go down that hole. I want to see a little bit more just because I've seen so much inconsistency from that player for so long. If Logan Thomas is back off the IR, I'm entertaining that, to be honest. I will. Now, he didn't practice on Wednesday. He's still dealing with that hamstring injury. If he's on your free agent wire, I'd pick him up, though, just to see what happens. There is no Ricky Seals-Jones in this game, which is going to lead to uh, a hodgepodge of John Bates, who I loved in college more as a blocker, and players like Samus Reyes, a tight end, to, to possibly earn snaps for the Washington football team, since there may not be any Logan Thomas. There is no Ricky Seals-Jones. There is no swoops either. Tyrone swoops, he's not going to be playing. So they're really injured at that position, which is going to lead to more targets for Terry McLaurin, possibly Curtis Samuel if he is back for this game. He's questionable with the groin injury he's been dealing with since the summer. But I'm not going to put Curtis Samuel in my lineup quite yet, despite the fact that I think he's very talented. And as for these defenses, I would pick up the Panthers defense and, and play them if they are available, depending on the on your options. He's a that's a good unit, to be honest. It really is. Phil Snow's doing a good job with them. It makes me feel even better that the New York Giants were able to beat them, despite the fact that it wasn't an offensive onslaught. It was more of a defensive game, which is, seems to be the way the Giants are winning their football games. All right, before I get into this Detroit-Cleveland game that we're about to go over, and we'll get into the rest of the games, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Cleveland Browns travel to the still winless, but they have a tie. Detroit Lions, 12.5 point favorite are the Browns, 42.5 point over under. And Tim Boyle, who is currently on the IR, will more than likely be starting this game because Jared Goff is doubtful. So you really probably want to go and see if the Cleveland defense is available. They're probably not, though. Tim Boyle was dealing with a thumb issue, and it looks like he's going to be the one starting as Jared Goff tries to overcome this oblique issue that he is dealing with. Don't want to entertain probably anybody other than DeAndre Swift on 
the Lions, and and TJ Hawkinson. I don't care that he's coming off of a goose one-target game that was uncatchable, which is insane to me. I I don't understand how you don't utilize a guy of this skill set. I know he was in there blocking a lot, but then when you look at his routes run, it's actually not that terrible either. So it's like, what the heck is going on there? Not really 100% certain. I'm not going to try to wrap my head around it. But if you have TJ Hawkinson, you're more than likely going to play him. I I know he, he gives you these disappointing games every now and again, but he's still one of the better tight ends to own in fantasy football as of right now. DeAndre Swift, he's a plug-and-play start. He's questionable with the shoulder injury, limited participant Thursday's practice. He should play. The dude had 33 rushing attempts against Pittsburgh. He had six targets, caught three of them, didn't really do much with those three catches. They only gained five yards, but the guy is a, a stud. Dan Campbell wants to feature him, give him that workload. Jamal Williams may be back and will probably eat into that. He's been dealing with a thigh issue and has missed the last several games, but if he's back, he's going to eat into that a little bit. He'll get his 10 to 15 touches on the ground and through the air. But DeAndre Swift's a guy to own. I'm probably not going to start Jamal Williams. Obviously, Nick Chubb, he's smashed top three running back this week. I think you can play Dearness Johnson in this game. Kareem Hunt is not going to be here. And they like to give their second running back at least 12 to 15 touches. And Dearness Johnson has proven to be a good running back. He's just in a deep running back room. I don't think this is just a product of a good offensive line and a great philosophy by Kevin Stefanski and an identity that he likes to enforce on the football field. Like, we're going to impose our will on you and we're going to run the football. Dearness Johnson is, he has really good vision. He's really, really spry. His change of direction is excellent. I like what I see from this kid. So I'm comfortable starting him as more of a flex option. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm comfortable starting him, but. I, as a flex, I am, if that makes sense. My running back one, running back two, not as much. As for these wide receivers, Jarvis Landry, I'll plug in. He's questionable for this game, but it looks like he's going to be playing. Donovan Peoples-Jones actually ended up practicing. It didn't seem like he was going to to play at all. Jarvis Landry got a limited practice in on Thursday. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he had a groin injury. He was questionable for Sunday, and he did not practice on Thursday. But then he got a little session in, limited session in on Friday. So it looks like he could play. I'm not going to entertain it because that just gives me, you know, uh, a little bit of uncertainty, but Jarvis Landry, I'll definitely entertain. I'm not going to entertain any of these wide receivers for the Detroit Lions, and I probably don't want to go with Austin Hooper or David Njoku, even though they could fall to the end zone. Whoop-de-doo, that's great. Browns, defense, sign me up. Let's go over to San Francisco and the Jacksonville Jags. All right, now this game may not be any Elijah Mitchell here. It's going to open up a lot of opportunity that could be on your waiver wire, so definitely check it out. Jeff Wilson Jr., 45.5 point over-under. The San Francisco 49ers are favored by 7 on the road, traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast for a 1 o'clock start over there Eastern time in Jacksonville, which some teams struggle there. We've seen teams, even East Coast teams, struggle in Jacksonville. The defense has been playing better. I'll give them that. I think that's something that has to be acknowledged. That's not going to make me not start some of these guys that, I, that I've wanted to start. But Jacksonville's defense in the last two weeks has, has been a lot better than they've been collectively on the entire season. They rank about middle of the pack in terms of allowing fantasy points to the running back position in the last two weeks. And that was really just one excellent drive by Jonathan Taylor last week. So it's interesting, I'll say. But I'm not going to get away from the rushing attack of Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. They are coming off a short week. I get it. But if there's no Elijah Mitchell, sign me up for Jeff Wilson Jr. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is in play. But as a only in a super flex type of league, deeper type of league, I don't think you want to start him. I don't want to start Trevor Lawrence. Sign me up for James Robinson all day, every day. He's questionable in this game with a heel and a knee injury, but you know the workload's going to be there. He was dinged up last week, and he still gave you 12 for 57 and a touchdown, caught four passes for 27 yards. The usage is there, and the talent is there. So sign me up. And I guess, like I said, no Elijah Mitchell. He's doubtful in this game. Sign me up for Jeff Wilson Jr. as well. I think there's going to be some Kyle use check. Trey Sermon may even get in there, which is, you know, ew. But I think Jeff Wilson... If he can just step up and assume the role that we've seen him assume in the past, I think you could just play him, you know? It, it's a little uncertain, like I said, but it's a little bit risky. But you know Kyle Shanahan is going to want to run the football. And you know he has trust in Jeff Wilson Jr. And he's been activated now for two weeks. So we'll see. We, we saw him get in, on the, in the Rams game. He had 10 carries in the Rams game. He didn't have any carries the week before when he was active. But 10 carries, that's that's something. So monitor that situation. You know, hopefully uh, weigh all your options. And, and if you think the upside is there, then go with it. And I'm probably going to do that in a league or two. And uh, I feel okay about it. Not excellent. Okay. Debo Samuel, plug and play. Brandon Ayuk. Now, 
Brandon Ayuk had three catches for 26 yards last week. He's been an utter disappointment, one of the biggest busts in fantasy football so far this season against Jacksonville, a team that has just been bad against wide receivers, giving up a lot of points to the wide receivers, ranking the bottom six. They surrender about 37 points to the wide receiver position on the season. I still don't really want to do it unless it's a deeper league, man. And I get if you have to, but it's not something that I'm in love with. I have him as a wide receiver three. I also have Marvin Jones as a wide receiver three, but I don't really love it either. He hasn't done anything for the last three weeks coming off of that Miami game in week six where he had a touchdown and seven catches for 100 yards. He hasn't really done anything since then, and Trevor Lawrence is missing him. He's getting open. It's not like he's just old and and decrepit. He is getting open. It's just this offense is not great right now. It's just not a good offense, and Jamal Agnew is seeing an uptick in in usage. He had five targets, didn't catch one of them, but he had a 66-yard touchdown run last week in three carries. He's getting the football in a lot of unique ways, but do you really want to rely on that? I don't. However, some rosters, you have to go in that direction, and you have to kind of cross your fingers and hope it happens. George Kittle and Darren Arnold are both starts for me. Darren Arnold I have as a top seven tight end. The guy's just getting targeted, all right, and he's producing. I mean, he had double-digit fantasy points four to the last five games. So, that's something I look at. You know Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke, they traded for this guy. They want to use him. He had eight targets last week, seven targets a week before, 10 targets the week before. He's heavily involved. Dan Arnold is a solid fantasy option. I know he's on the Jags. You know they're going to be trailing a lot. He's going to see a lot of targets. He's going to see a lot of opportunities. So I like Dan Arnold this week as well. And the 49ers defense, I think you can definitely entertain because they're going up against Trevor Lawrence on an offense that's just all out of sorts, and they just shut down the Rams at home. But again, this could be an upset spot. So there's a lot to consider with this game. There's a lot of uncertainty, but we'll see how it all materializes on Sunday, I guess. Green Bay and Minnesota. All right, this is an exciting game. A lot of players to like in this game. Obviously, Dalvin Cook has just done wonders against Green Bay in the past. Over-under of this game is 47.5. It's pretty nice. The Packers are favored by one point. Now, Aaron Rodgers is going to play. The Minnesota Vikings do not have a good defense on the back end right now. Kirk Cousins... I don't love Kirk Cousins this week because we've seen the Green Bay defense just improve their game significantly over the course of this season. I really like what they're doing, and they're doing it without Jair Alexander. And I think there's a lot of, I guess you could say, issues on the back end in terms of players that could be targeted and exploited, the Kevin Kings of the world, but they haven't been. The pass rush is doing a really good job. The defense is playing like a unit right now. And I have Kirk Cousins as a a high-end quarterback two right now. So I would start Tua over him, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, even Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. But I would I think I prefer like Kirk Cousins to even like a Cam Newton. And I, and I get that I don't really love Kirk Cousins because of his defense, but this is in Minnesota. I think there's going to be a lot of little check down passes when Joe Barry tries to dial up the blitz, which is going to lead to bigger plays for Dalvin Cook on the ground, who I love. Dalvin Cook is a top five guy, easy, top two, maybe even. So that's kind of where I'm at with Kirk Cousins. I love Justin Jefferson. I like Adam Thielen. I think if you have them both, you're starting. Adams, obviously, you're starting. I'm probably not going to start any other Packer player other than Adams, Rodgers, and of course... A.J. Dillon. There is no Aaron Jones in this game. This is A.J. Dillon time. A.J. Dillon is a beast. He's a monster. He had 21 carries for 66 yards. That's gross. Well, guess what? He fell into the end zone twice, and he added 62 yards through the air as well. I don't necessarily care about the fact that, from a fantasy perspective, that he's not as efficient on the ground as some may like because he's getting the opportunity. He's going to get the ball on the goal line. They use him through the air, and that's all you need. And you're on an offense led by Aaron Rodgers. That's probably going to score a decent amount of points against a bottom tier type of defense in the Minnesota Vikings. So sign me up for A.J. Dillon. He's a plug and play start. Right now, I have A.J. Dillon as I go through my rankings. As a running back one, I have him at 10, just behind DeAndre Swift and Austin Eckler. Have him around the same area as David Montgomery and Leonard Fournette, two other players that I absolutely love in this game. But I think A.J. Dillon could be in for a really good spot here. He's probably not going to get 100% of the snaps, but he'll get a big, big uptick. And this is what a lot of people have been waiting for this moment. You know, Aaron Jones is out, which is unfortunate. Hopefully he'll come back soon. By all reports, he should be back in a couple weeks, one or two weeks. AJ Dillon, you kept him on your bench, not because he was just a great flex option. He was a solid flex option recently, but because if Aaron Jones went down, AJ Dillon could be a league winning type of back. Now, it doesn't seem like AJ Dillon's going to get that opportunity, but let's enjoy the opportunity he's getting right here and see exactly what happens. I'm comfortable starting AJ Dillon. 
Let's move on, though, to Baltimore and Chicago. This is an over-under of 44.5, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, with the Ravens favored by six out there in Chicago, the Windy City. Lamar Jackson, you're starting. I like Justin Fields a lot, too, man. I I, I like him for, for where I used to view him. I in terms of fantasy football, I didn't think he was, well, after his first couple games, it was a disaster. But what he showed before the bye week against Pittsburgh was really, really impressive. And you could just see the pop off his arm, man. And now that he's using his legs, that baseline gets raised significantly. The matchup against the Ravens isn't as bad as one would anticipate. There could be some mistakes here because Wink Martindale loves loves to bring exotic blitzes, which could confuse or force a mistake. And there might not be any Allen Robinson, which shouldn't really matter all that much because he hasn't done anything this season. So you're going to see a lot of Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. With no Allen Robinson, I actually think both of those guys are very startable. It's it's a low-key type of start, but I think this could be a game that has solid fantasy production from both sides. Now, when you look at the running backs, David Montgomery, I love. On DraftKings, he's 5,500. Plug that in all day. That is a smash play. He's such a bargain right now on DraftKings. Latavius Murray at 5,300, which is insane. He's questionable. Looks like he could play. I'm not comfortable starting him. I'm not comfortable starting Freeman because I don't know who it's going to be. That's the only reason because I think Freeman has done a solid job for what John Harbaugh has been asking him to do. So right now I have Freeman ranked as a running back three, and Murray, I, I don't even know if I have him in my top 35. It's just because I don't know the extent of how much he's going to play, and I don't even know if he's going to dress. It looks like he's going to, but you watch some videos of him in, in walkthroughs, and he, and he looks a little hobble. He doesn't he look all that confident, so I, I'm not, I just, I don't love it right now. You know, I, I don't love it. As for these wide receivers, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, I'm starting both of them, and Rashad Bateman, I'm starting as well. I'm starting him as a I think a high-end wide receiver three is where I have Rashad Bateman. There's going to be a breakout game coming soon, and it could come against Chicago. There's no Khalil Mack in this game. He's done for the season. That's wildly unfortunate. I think Rashad Bateman should easily overtake Sammy Watkins' role as a number two wide receiver. We've kind of been seeing that happen. We saw Sammy Watkins have that devastating mistake on Thursday Night Football. There should be Rashad Bateman as the number two option behind Marquise Brown at the wide receiver position. And I'm I'm comfortable starting him in this game. Mark Andrews, love him. Cole Komet, I'll start him, you know. Uh, it's not my first option. Like, let's just give some context. Uh, as for Cole Komet, I have him around the tight end 16. So around Tyler Conklin, around Zach Ertz, around CJ Uzama. Just because there's no... If there's no Allen Robinson, I actually probably am going to raise him even more. But we saw Cole Komet be targeted down the field by Justin Fields against Pittsburgh, and that's something you like to see. I mean, Fields is not scared to throw the ball down the field, which I love, because a lot of rookie quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, like to check down, take the safe play. Fields was challenging Pittsburgh down the field, and I I really appreciated seeing that, and Cole Komet was his target a lot of the time. Moving on, though, to Cincinnati and Las Vegas. Now, this game has the second-highest over-under, 50-point over-under, with the Cincinnati Bengals favored by one-and-a-half point. Vegas hasn't seen the same since Henry Ruggs is gone. Deshaun Jackson is there. We saw the wild play in primetime on Sunday Night Football where Deshaun Jackson caught a huge pass by Derek Carr, and then he threw the ball backwards to it. I don't know. It was a really weird-looking play. But anyways, Joe Burrow I like this week. I have Joe Burrow as a top 11 quarterback. I have Derek Carr as a top 15 quarterback. So I think they're solid. I don't love Carr. Like Basically, like, like I said before, when it comes to Cousins and down, I, I don't love it. I think there are higher upside plays that are that are in that category, like a Justin Fields who could really pop. But Derek Carr, that offense hasn't seemed right. It just hasn't seemed right. Darren Waller and him have not been on the same page, even though there was a touchdown called back last week, but that was only in garbage time. Josh Jacobs is injured as well in this game. Looks like he should be playing, but he looked terrible against Kansas City. You know, Kenyon Drake is going to steal some carries. I think if you have Josh Jacobs, you're going to play him. I right now have him as a low-end running back too because of volume, but I don't feel overly comfortable about that either if I'm going to be fully honest and transparent. Joe Mixon I love though. Kenyon Drake, I have him as a flex option, not something I really want to entertain. Joe Mixon, like I said, start him. Jamar Chase, love it. One of the top 10 receivers in the league. Hunter Renfro, I really like as well. I have him as a high-end running back or wide receiver too. T. Higgins, I have as a low-end wide receiver, too. I'm comfortable with starting him as well. I think Las Vegas's secondary can be exposed, especially, I mean, we saw it against Kansas City, but whenever you can isolate Jonathan Abram against one of these types of players, if he does drop in the slot, drop in the box, which he does frequently, then you can abuse Abram, which we saw Evan Ingram do up the sideline, Mississippi State against Ole Miss, baby. And then that could also lead to C.J. Uzama having a big game. Now, that's a little bit of hit or miss because he's had huge games and then he's done nothing. I think this could be a game where he finds the end zone because this 
Las Vegas team is just not good against tight ends at all. So it's kind of where I'm at with all of these skill position players. I'm not going to probably start Tyler Boyd, if I'm going to be real. Brian Edwards, I love the game that he had, but I'm still waiting to see there because he's just done that way too much where he shows something and then just disappears. Deshaun Jackson, same. He's going to hit maybe a big play, but that's all cool. He's not going to do it in my starting lineup because it's just I don't play fantasy football for crossing my fingers and hoping a big play happens. I'm trying to look for opportunity and trying to have the right process, which I feel like is the way to actually win. And as for these defenses, if I had to choose one, it would be the Bengals, even though it's on the road. And I don't typically love doing that for defenses that aren't elite, but the Raiders just don't seem exactly right as of right now. Arizona and Seattle. This is an over-under right now. You have Russell Wilson coming back. Over-under of 47.5 with the Cardinals favored by two points. Looks like Kyler Murray may play, and if he's able to play before the bye week, it's up to him. And it's a game-time decision, so they're going to see how he feels. That's at least what I understand from living in the Valley and listening to Sports Talk Radio. I think you could start Kyler Murray, you know, if he's back. Russell Wilson, I don't really want to start, but I'm going to. And I have him ranked as a, as a top 13 quarterback. I'm probably just going to, like I said, I don't love doing this. This is one of those times where in two quarterback leagues, I'm crossing my eyes in Superflex leagues, and I'm going to plug him in there and hope that he can get it done. But he looked bad against Green Bay. Shut out. If you know anything about Russell Wilson, though, he's going to come back with the fire. And if he can grip the football and do everything functionally with his throwing hand, I think you may see an impressive game from him. But can he do that from a physical standpoint? Because you know Seattle is desperate. They didn't want to see Geno Smith out there. Is Russell actually fully functional right now with his hand injury? I can't really weigh in on that. So I'm going to start him if I have him. And I do have him in a super flex league, and I am starting him. But if he comes out there and gives you 10 fantasy points, I'm going to be like, okay, well, that's on me. You know, I took the risk, and I got burned. That's kind of how I'm weighing it. Love James Conner against Seattle, one of the worst defenses in terms of defending the run. There is no Edmonds because he's on IR. Eno Benjamin isn't used as much. He's questionable heading into this game. He had six carries last week in a blowout. Lost last week against Carolina. Is he going to get more carries now? It's a fair question to ask, but still James Conner is the goal line back. If Kyler Murray's there, you're not going to be able to move the football. And also, if Kyler Murray's not there, let me just address that too. Colt McCoy's questionable, and that's not really a certainty if he's going to play. So if Colt McCoy doesn't play they're gonna have to bring in Chris Strebler who played last week had six completions nine attempts 36 yards and you know rushed the ball a couple times but you know that's that's terrible for this offense so you have to rethink all of this if the offense I would still start James Conner but all the wide receivers we're about to go over I wouldn't DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing I like Christian Kirk I think he's fine I think if I had to start any of them it would be Christian Kirk I don't love him but you know I think he's startable AJ Green I round down more I'm probably not gonna do any of that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, startable. Uh, Tyler Lockett didn't do anything last week. Neither did DK Metcalf. But I think in this matchup against Arizona, a team that is overall a really good defense. However, I feel Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are very good receivers, and it all depends on how good Russell Wilson is. Arizona Cardinals last two weeks are a little bit above middle of the pack, so they rank around 13th in terms of allowing fantasy points to the wide receiver position which is about 28 for reference the jets are the worst they allow 48 so that's kind of the reference point there but the jets are typically always the worst and they're the worst by a solid margin the falcons are at 45 the colts are at 43 just for some context there in reference but if you have metcalf you're definitely starting them in my opinion lockett i think you can get away from but i'm i'm, I'm probably going to start him if i have him and plug him in there and, and hope that russell wilson is okay enough to play and gerald everett saw a lot of targets there i would don't really want to start him, but it's a, it's a decision that you can make if you're really desperate in deep leagues just because he did have a lot of targets. And Zach Ertz, I'm, I think I'm comfortable enough starting because the tight end position is so gross. I think I have him at 13. Dallas, Kansas City, the best game on the slate. This is a whopping 56.5 point over-under with the Chiefs favored by 2.5. Look, you want to start everybody in this game, right? Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Easy, Ezekiel Elliott. If Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't dress for this game. Daryl Williams is a smash play. Now, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire does dress, I think you can still start Daryl Williams as a flex type of guy, maybe even a running back three, because he's just a, he's going to be involved, I think, near the goal line, and he's still probably going to be involved in a lot of passing situations. He's their preferred back there, even though Clyde Edwards-Alaire was drafted to be that and perform that role. Right now, it's still he had a good week of practice, CEH, according to Andy Reid, but it's not certain on if he's going to dress. Now, CEH, if he does dress, ooh, that's a tough decision. I think that you you can play him. It's a high over-under. If he's healthy enough to play, I don't understand why they would waste a roster spot on someone who doesn't contribute to special, special teams. 
if he's not going to actually be utilized, but I can understand the hesitation there. Tony Pollard, I'm probably not going to entertain as much as I think you want as many pieces in this game. Ezekiel Elliott is going to get those goal line opportunities. You'll see Tony Pollard get his 10 touches. Now, is that going to be enough to spring a huge gain? It could be, but do you want to roll the dice on that? I'm not really 100% certain. Tyree Kill, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, starting mall, Michael Gallup, I think he could start as a low-end wide receiver three. Not something that you love to do, but he could catch a touchdown easily in this game. It's gonna, the ball should be flying in this game. You know, all the metrics say that it is. Now, we know the NFL. <laughs> when all the metrics say that it is, it doesn't happen. But, you know, you, you're going to take the risk. If you're going to take the risk on any game, it's definitely going to be this game. Mecole Hardman, look, he's been disappointing. He's had five points the last two games. I, I'm not very comfortable doing that, going down that road. road. But Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, sign me up. Travis Kelsey, Dalton Schultz, sign me up for sure. And the defense is, now. Nah, I'm not going to go there. And as for Sunday Night Football matchup, this is the Chargers and the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger should play in this game. They hope the Steelers, that is. Now, he's still on the COVID list, so we have to wait to see if he's going to get activated. And that's not for certain. And if he's not there, it's Mason Rudolph, and you can ding everybody down. But we're going to go over this like Ben Roethlisberger is playing. So Roethlisberger, I don't really want to play him, to be honest. And I look at the Steelers, other than... Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. I don't love anybody else. And Pat Fryermuth. I think Pat Fryermuth you could put in there as well. I don't really love anybody else. Those are the three that I'm comfortable starting. Fryermuth, I am I'm comfortable starting over over guys like, say, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, Tyler Conklin. But I have guys like Dan Arnold and Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard over him. But I'm still comfortable with starting someone like that. And as for the Chargers, Austin Eckler, obviously, you're going to play him. Keenan Allen, you're going to play. Mike Williams, oof. This is a toughie, man. He was so good earlier in the year. And now he's just been just terrible, man. Listen, look at this, man. He had 22 points, full point. 22 points, week one, week two, 22. Week three, 36. Week four, he had a dud. Week five, he had 39. And then it's been sub eight since. That's terrible, man. That's terrible. Can this be the game that he breaks out with Pittsburgh missing Minka Fitzpatrick, with Pittsburgh possibly missing Joe Hayden? A lot of injuries. TJ Watts not playing. It's, this defense is not the same. So if you have Mike Williams, three wide receiver leagues, I think you plug him in. But you got to weigh your options. you got to weigh all the options. Pittsburgh, even with all those pieces, ha- they haven't been as good of a defense in terms of defending wide receivers as one would imagine. Whereas the Chargers have been very good against wide receivers, which makes me look away from the Ray, Ray McClouds and the James Washingtons and even Chase Claypool if he plays in this game. He's questionable with the toe injury. But Deontay Johnson's a different story. The offense runs through Deontay Johnson. The guy had 13 targets against Detroit. He had 13 against Cleveland, 13 against Seattle, 13 against Green Bay, 12 against the Raiders, 10 against Buffalo. And then he only had two against Denver, which was weird, and then nine against Chicago. But the guy's just a target monster, so you're going to use him along the line of scrimmage, all three levels of the field. You're going to obviously play Deontay Johnson. And Pat Fryermuth, like I said, I like. I think Jared Cook, you can entertain, but he gets like less than five targets. You hope he catches a touchdown. I, I, that's kind of the tight end position, though, man, sometimes. You know, it, it's not great, but it's not. Um, it's it's it can be disgusting, you know. And the Chargers defense I'm comfortable with playing as well, even though they haven't been excellent. Joey Bosa isn't gonna be there because of COVID. But I still think they can harass either Ben Roethlisberger or or whoever they have back there, Mason Rudolph. Move on though to the Monday night football matchup. Who is it? We all know. We all love the New York football giants, 49 and a half point over under, and the Giants are on the road against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they are ten and a half dogs, which is to be Expected, to be honest. Giants coming off a bye week. Buccaneers have lost two straight games. That's wild, right? Rob Gronkowski should be back for this game. It looks like Antonio Brown probably isn't going to be. And there's that whole controversy. Did he use a fake vaccine card? What's going on with that? The Bucs seem pretty adamant that he did not. But it doesn't seem like he's going to be playing in this game because of the injury that he's still healing from. But Tom Brady, you're going to be starting him in this matchup. I have him as a top six quarterback on the week, just behind Jalen Hurts. I think Patrick Graham in the defense has been playing a lot better right now, but I still think there's going to be a lot of dinking and dunking. There's going to be a lot of, okay, we're going to move the chains here, five yards, six yards, probably a lot of little completions for someone like Tom Brady, possibly a touchdown or two. And I think this is also probably going to be a good game for both of the field goal goal kickers hopefully for the Giants that can actually punch in some touchdowns against a weaker secondary now that Kadarius Tony Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay should be back maybe we'll get into them right now but before I do that let me touch on Daniel Jones Daniel Jones you know he last time he was in this building was his first win it was his first start it was an excellent uh just time and I think Daniel Jones 
with his legs gives you a solid baseline, but we've seen him have eight-point fantasy games, seven-point fantasy games, things that aren't necessarily great. I have him as my quarterback 19 in Superflex. I think you can start him and feel okay about it, but he's hit or miss, and I think this is a matchup he can take advantage of. I, I love the fact that he has some of these weapons back. I love the fact that Saquon Barkley is back. That should improve this offense theoretically, but we've seen some dud games from him. We haven't seen him perform all that well in prime time. Doesn't mean he can't hear. Doesn't mean that he won't hear. I think he's going to see the blitz heavy from Todd Bowles, like just like he did in Monday Night Football against the Bucks last year. I think that's all going to happen. So he's going to need to rise to the occasion, find his hot reads, get rid of the football, and hopefully Jason Garrett, and I think he will be because we've seen Jason Garrett do, I would say, an okay job against more aggressive defenses in the Raiders and the Panthers earlier in the season. So that's uh, something I think that can go in Daniel Jones's favor. He just needs to now prove it to us and show it to us. It's 5,300 on DraftKings, so that's pretty cheap, but he's a Monday Night Football game, so you'll be playing him in the showcase uh, challenge kind of game. But back to the game. Saquon Barkley, you're going to play him. He's going to be healthy in this game, which is awesome. Limited participant on Friday. Looks like he's going to play. If he's out there, I think he's going to get a lot of the work. I don't think Devontae Booker is going to go anywhere. If he actually ends up playing, he's dealing with a hip injury as of right now. And if there is no Booker, then we're going to see Elijah Penny or maybe even Gary Brightwell. Well, coming out of the bye week, who knows? Love Leonard Fournette in this week. He has a huge workload. I mean, he's being used extensively as a receiver not always on third down they'll bring in Giovanni Bernard Ronald Jones is barely a thing so Fournette is an easy plug and play start here the receivers are interesting man because I like Mike Evans but James Bradbury has done a good job against him now Evans is always good to catch a goal line fade goal line touchdown he did against James Bradbury in Monday Night Football last year but I don't think Evans is a uh, you know a lock for a great game last week he would have had a terrible game if it wasn't for one play where he had a 40-yard touchdown bomb so I'm going to start him if I have him. There's no doubt. But he's more of a wide receiver, too, for me. And Chris Godwin, I like him a little bit more. He's questionable heading into this game with a foot injury. He was limited participant in practice. He should play. I think the loss of Logan Ryan could affect the middle of the field, which is going to help Rob Gronkowski, who I think I'm comfortable with starting as well. Hopefully it's not like what we saw against the Saints, where he suffered a rib injury against the Rams, then he re-aggravated weeks later when he came back. So hopefully that doesn't happen if you do go in that direction. But you know he's going to be a goal line guy, and I do think the loss of Logan Ryan will open up the middle of the field a little bit more for Tampa Bay. As for Antonio Brown, like I said earlier, I don't believe he's going to play. Sterling Shepard, he's questionable for this game. Probably not going to roll the die there on Sterling Shepard. But Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony are both flex options for me. I'm comfortable with starting both of them as a flex or a third wide receiver in three wide receiver leagues. You hope the Giants have something different coming out of the bye week. The offensive line is always going to be an issue, especially against this Tampa Bay front. And I know Vita Vea isn't going to play. He's dealing with a knee injury. JVP is dinged up. So some of those guys are dinged up. But they're still going to be able to get pressure on Daniel Jones. But... This Giants wide receiving group with just Kadarius Toney and Kenny Galladay should be able to take advantage of the matchups of the Buccaneers secondary with no Sean Murphy bunting if he doesn't play in this game and no Carlton Davis. But Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, I believe are all in play. Evan Ingram, look, I don't really want to do it. Hopefully he catches the same touchdown on the drag route that we saw back in 2019 against this Tampa Bay team. But you know, that's that's the past. Rob Gronkowski, I'm willing to entertain. And as for the defense, Buccaneers at home, that's a pretty good defensive option against a quarterback who can turn the football over. Although I do believe Jason Garrett will have a little bit more of a conservative approach because we've seen that pretty consistently throughout his time here as a New York Giants offensive coordinator. Anyways, everybody, that was Philado's Fantasy Corner. Please head on over to Big Blue View. Check us out. Have a lovely day. Best of luck this week in your fantasy matchups. And let's see if the Giants can get a win. Oh, and before I go, just got this news. Doesn't look like Amari Cooper is going to play in this game. Looks like he is on the COVID list, and I think that's gigantic news, and it opens up such an opportunity for Michael Gallup and even Cedric Wilson play. So monitor that situation and monitor the reports coming out of Dallas. Just came across my screen. All righty, everybody. Peace.